business, government, religion, family issues, and more. Find it all right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, April 19th. Our salesman's been charged with felony assault and burglary after allegedly breaking into a house and strangling a woman inside. Early Saturday morning on April 15th, deputies came to a home on West Park Drive in Camdenton. They arrested 37-year-old Patrick Long after two women said he brutally attacked one of them. Long's being held without bond. Things were tense at a TIF commission meeting Monday. Developers of the Oasis at Lakeport are asking Osage Beach for millions of dollars in tax increment financing, and they hope to make a similar request to the state of Missouri. But some commission members were not having it. Camden County Commissioner Ike Skelton, along with Camden School Board members Gail Griswold and Jacob Noosh, made it clear they did not like the idea. Griswold and Noosh said this project and the new apartments being built with the TIF in Osage Beach will leave Camden School District struggling to pay for an influx of students. In the end, the commission did vote to recommend approval of the plan, but the vote was split, 7-4. to four. The question now goes to the City Board of Aldermen. And should people be allowed to smoke pot in public places? Osage Beach will consider that question during a public hearing Thursday. The new state law that legalizes recreational marijuana also allows cities to regulate its use. Osage Beach aldermen want to hear from the public. The meeting starts at City Hall at 6 o'clock in the evening. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. with your King Radio Lake TV sports update for this hump day. Happy Wednesday to you. Final game of three-game series for both the Cardinals and the Royals today. The Redbirds close out their three-game set at home against Arizona. They'll be off tomorrow before hitting the road to play in Seattle on Friday. The Royals close out their home series against Texas today. They also will be off tomorrow, and then the Royals hit the road to play the Angels for a weekend series starting on Friday. High school baseball, a big, busy week, but they take 
take a break today. Tomorrow's action, Camdenton looks to keep their great season going. They'll be at home against Springfield Central. Osage will be on the road to play Max Creek tomorrow. And Versailles at home against Eugene tomorrow. College softball, the Mizzou ladies have had a pretty good season. They will be at home against Kansas today. And then the Mizzou ladies have a weekend series coming up at home against North Texas. The MSU ladies are red hot. The Lady Bears have won 16 of 17. They've got a weekend series coming up against Belmont. That starts on Friday. As for college baseball, Mizzou Tigers have a weekend series at home against Alabama as they continue very tough SEC play. MSU Bears have been playing well lately as well. They have a weekend series on the road against Belmont coming up. Lake TV offers you five local lake area shows, including Weekend at the Lake with David Leatherberry. He'll let you know what's coming up this weekend at the Lake of the Ozarks. I'm Chris Schneider with your key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. Winter, spring, summer, fall, Lake TV's got it all, including five local talk shows to keep you informed and entertained. You can also see local high school football in the fall and basketball in the winter. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. And if you haven't liked Lake TV on Facebook, be sure you do that too. Key Radio keeps you in the know. Sunrise Beach Little Theater presents a musical production of Cole Porter's Kiss Me Kate on the evenings of May 10 through the 13th at the Sunrise Beach Community Center. Admission is $20, including dessert and coffee or tea, and you may bring your own bottle and snack. Doors open at 6 p.m. and show at 7. RSVP at 573-836-0934. Message brought to you by Key Radio, KEYK 89.3 FM.
If you've got a topic you'd like to share with the community, contact us right here at 89.3. The, the key. key. It is 8.08. Good morning, and thank you so much for joining us here on The Daily Show. Another beautiful day at the lake. My goodness. And what a great day yesterday. I got to play in the dirt, something that I have not done in a long time. Very enjoyable, very therapeutic. And uh, I got paid to do it, which was uh, an added bonus. I've been working uh, with this beautiful lady. Her name is Camille, and she lives over in Camdenton. And uh, so my girlfriend Delta and I have been doing some uh, work for her. And it was nice yesterday uh, working on some uh, some flower beds for her, cleaning them out and getting them prepped and ready to uh, put some more flowers in there. And I got to tell you, folks, it was just fun, very relaxing, as I said, very therapeutic. And, uh, yeah, getting paid for it wasn't bad either. Beautiful day at the lake, a mix of clouds and sun during the morning, which will give way to clouds uh, this evening and this afternoon. And then we'll have a mostly cloudy sky tonight. A stray shower or thunderstorm is possible. Rain chance now at about 15% if we do get it tonight. Better chance of it tomorrow. 83 the high, 65 the low today, 75 the high tomorrow. With a about a 90% chance, I'm going to round it up from 87% is what they have here. We'll just go ahead and say 90% uh, chance for those showers and thunderstorms tomorrow. Clouds and 66 on Friday, partly cloudy and 53 on Saturday for the Dogwood Festival Parade. Lots of events actually getting underway starting on Thursday for the Dogwood Festival in Camdenton. 60 and sunny on Sunday. So we'll uh, get up there today and uh, max out and start to work our way back down as showers and thunderstorms push through. But it looks like uh, as we start next week, we are going to be in perfect shape for a lot of outdoor activities, playing in the dirt or doing anything else that you'd like to do outdoors. Some uh, mid-60s seem to be the uh, theme for next week, so we'll uh, keep an eye on that. Current lake level at 656.56, river level at 553.68, and the surface water temp is 56 degrees, folks. So a lot of activity out there on the water. Things starting to open up, people starting to get moving and grooving. I want to welcome everybody listening on 89.3. If you are joining us on KeyRadio.live, how about those free phone apps for your Androids and your iPhones? And don't forget the SRG Financial Advisors Key Radio in-studio live camera. You can see what's going on right here. I'll be joined next hour by Professor Jim Paisley, the true history professor. He'll be talking Finland and uh, Finland joining NATO and what that means for the future. Plus, we'll take a look back at uh, the history of Finland, something that took place in 1939 between Finland and Russia and why having Finland on NATO may help keep Russia in check just a little bit. Right now, it is my honor to bring on one of our uh, contributors to Key Radio. She does an amazing job with the CSC Talk Radio program. Uh, also, uh, Beyond the Mic, and her name is Beth Ann, and she is joining us this morning right here on The Daily Show on Key Radio. Beth Ann, good morning to well, you, good. and thank you. Good morning. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for uh, what you do and being uh, the strong conservative voice that you are. And also, thank you for providing us with uh, some great content for our listeners here on Key Radio. We are so very fortunate to have you and your show as part of our uh, our lineup. And uh, my Lord, we listen uh, uh, to your talk show probably, gosh, 
I will just say a lot during the week. You are on quite a bit. <laughs> and I know you've even talked to some folks here locally. Our presiding commissioner in Camden County, Ike Skelton, was your guest at one point. So uh, that's yeah, pretty exciting. Yeah, I can I go way back. Oh, yeah. well, there you go. I can I go way back when he was working on some other things. And uh, even before I had my own show when I was working for my late boss, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Ike was uh, – uh, very instrumental and very uh, educated, self-educated on the Agenda 21, and right. we talked about that a lot. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that go on in, in this country, in the, in the country with those rural people that people in the city haven't got, got a clue about. And uh, they don't, just don't understand us rural folks. And so I think it's important that rural America has a voice, and that's why I'm here. Absolutely. So, and and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're based out of California, Missouri? Yes, yes, that's where I am out. <laughs> I have a little nice. office here, and a uh, uh, little studio uh, that uh, it's not my home. I've got one that I rent, right. and uh, yeah, we're right here. That way, you know, yeah, I've had people say, well, you ought to go to New York or you ought to go to some big city, and I'm going, yeah, I'm, rep- I'm right here with the people that I represent. So. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice. As long as your voice is heard and, and with the technology that we have available in this day and age, you well know. Uh, we can get our voices out to a lot of different people, no matter where we are in this country or around the world. And I say around the world, there are obviously certain places where you can't do what we uh, have the ability to do. The First Amendment, which uh, we stick to like glue when it comes to uh, being able to share our views with other people, is certainly very important. And uh, it, it's nice to have you on. So, uh, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Ike um and in, in the relationship that you have, I also met Ike around the time he started uh, talking about Agenda 21. And this morning, uh, Ike at uh, about 9.34 Central Time is going to be a guest on the Glenn Beck radio program. So there you go. He's uh, awesome. just <clears throat> moving up through the ranks. And, and I don't know, Bethann, if you uh, have, uh, have been following what's been going on here in Camden County, but... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had, uh, well, we didn't, but uh, Planning and Zoning for Camden County received a phone call from the ATF mm-hmm. wanting to get some information about uh, some of our local gun shops. And uh, it uh, it came to Ike's attention, yeah. and so Ike said, guess what, ATF, you can go pound sand. And uh, we, 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 we've garnered a lot of national attention as a result of it. Certainly Ike has, based on the fact that uh, he is not at all about uh, helping the federal government to do much of anything in this county if it is not uh, something that is supposed to be done. So he is, uh, he is actually uh, standing up to the federal government, of course, the Second Amendment Preservation Act, which was... Uh, uh, you know, it was originated right here in Camden County, got picked up by the state of Missouri, yes. was shot down by a federal judge as unconstitutional. It's being appealed, and we'll see how all of that plays out. Uh, certainly in this day and age with firearms and the Second Amendment, it is so important for us to uh, stand our ground. And fortunately, we have a, a presiding commissioner here in Camden County that is doing just that, along with the help of the other two commissioners uh, that we have on board as well. And- Go ahead. And that's the reason that your local elections are so important. We are seeing, we are witnessing now what has happened with uh, bad school board members (laughs) and commissioners and even mayors that are, are, you know, and then these federal judges that 
they're not, it's not unconstitutional. It shouldn't even have to be. You shouldn't even have to make legislation that protects your Second Amendment. That's what the Bill of Rights was supposed to be about. Hmm. So, you know, it's, there's only, my, my conclusion is there's only one reason for a government to want to disarm its citizens. Hmm. There's only one reason. Well, and we've seen a lot of that in other places around the world where the uh, citizenry has been disarmed and is uh, basically at the mm-hmm. mercy of their <laughs> of their government. Can you do me a favor and, and just give us a little background on, uh, on yourself and uh, how you came to be uh, this uh, great uh, conservative voice as far as talk radio is concerned? <laughs> well, uh, I was a city girl. And my mom and dad wanted to get out of the city. We, I was a Raytown, Kansas City girl. And when I was in the middle of my freshman year in high school, we moved to Jamestown, Missouri, if you know where that is. I do. Not too far from California here. And uh, right on, you know. And I ended up, my, uh, after I got out of high school, I married uh, my husband. We've been married. It'll be 51 years this year. Congratulations. Um, and he was a farmer, so that was a little bit of a, uh, an adjustment for me. And then in 1983, in December, on December 16th, we lost our home in a fire. Oh, man. And things were, if anybody's listening and they farmed, they know the 80s were really bad. Mm -hmm. So we decided to sell, and we sold out, and uh, we went into full-time construction. And I was raising the children. In fact, at the time of that fire, I was expecting our fifth baby. And we we raised five sons. And uh, one just moved to South Carolina. He's in the ministry. I've got two or three of them in the ministry. One is uh, with the highway patrol. And uh, the other one does construction like his father did all his life. So we go from there to where I decided I needed a job <laughs> because I was raising five children. And so I went to work for a man named Derry Brownfield. Now, I didn't work for the Brownfield Network. I worked for his talk show. And I had been with him 15 years, I think, uh, when he passed away. And he and I were going to go into partnership. uh, But he passed away just a few days before we could sign those papers. And so his family made the decision to just close it all down. Mm -hmm. And I had a weekend to figure out what I was going to do. So I jumped into this, and here I am. (laughs) So I've been doing talk radio ever since. And my uh, anniversary here will be May 2nd. And uh, so, you know, that's how I got here. And if you'd have told me years ago that I was going to do talk radio, I'd have just laughed at you. But me here too. I am. Me too. And it, <laughs> it is, a, yeah, really, you know, you just kind of get into it. And you're, you, when you say that you listen to me all the time, I feel like it's my privilege to have anybody that listens. I feel like my show is the kitchen table because I'm no different than everyone else other than I didn't go past a high school education. I, I got a few things here and there where I learned a little bit more about my job, but I raised a family. And in that time, I skipped through a lot of things. I worked in other jobs. When I got out of high school, I worked in the factory, Cheeseboro Ponds. If anybody remembers that in Jefferson City, it's now Unilever. Mm-hmm. I made Q-tips on the night shift, third shift. Then when I decided I was getting married, I quit that. And later on, I worked in um, uh, secretarial positions, always like that. And so I've done all these jobs, even clerked for a Hallmark store that was here local in California. You know, I've done all these things. I know what it is to be at home, and I know what it is to to be at work. 
and I know what it is to try and balance it all. I don't say I was necessarily good at it, but my kids turned out okay. <laughs> and uh, I am here because I feel like this nation needs a voice that maybe is the mom, you know. And uh, I have 16 grandchildren now. Wow. And uh, I think about their future. And uh, I just got a new little one. That's why we, we went to South Carolina last week to see the new baby. And next time I get to see her, she'll probably be walking. <laughs> so, so it's, you know, I'm here for that reason. I believe in this country. I've always loved this country. And I see what's happening, and my heart just breaks. I think that there are so many people out there that feel the exact same way that you do. I know that I love America. I also grew up in the city, and through my travels in radio, (laughs) I've been doing this for almost 40 years, and uh, I moved Mm. to uh, my first radio job was in Columbia, and Columbia, Missouri, and then uh, I ended up Uh here, here at the lake. And this is such an amazing place, and I've lived here for 25 years plus and it is just uh, amazing to be able to say that we have such a a beautiful 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 place our little piece of paradise we we kind of have the best it of both is. worlds here with uh, the, the lake and all that it offers and uh, you know some of our modern conveniences and some of the things that uh, we would find in the big city and for a lot of folks when i when i moved here in the uh, mid 80s I found that, you know, things were still kind of more of a family-oriented type of atmosphere, and that atmosphere has has kind of moved on just a little bit. There are still some places where we consider it to be family-friendly, but like uh, a lot of things, the hustle and bustle has brought uh, certain... Uh, right. certain types of things to the area, certain issues to the area. <laughs> you know, we're talking about things like uh, federal government uh, intruding in our lives and uh, our need to keep them out of it. And talking about the local politics, local politics is something that everyone can get involved in. No matter where they live, you can get involved in local politics and have a say in what happens, whether it's your city or your county or your school. There are so many things that people can be involved in. And I think that's what can uh, help to keep certain areas the way we like them. Now, not everything is going to fall uh, into line uh, throughout the entire uh, state or the entire country that way. But I think we're starting to see more of a, 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 of a, of a surge in the sense that people are realizing that the federal government no longer puts uh, up that curtain that they used to put up and, and say, what do they say in the Wizard of Oz? Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain, right? <clears throat> and so right. <laughs> and so people are being more concerned and becoming more engaged in the uh, the political process and, and, and just the process of, of making sure that future generations uh, get to enjoy what, what we have while it lasts. And certainly, as you mentioned earlier, the Bill of Rights is so very important and to be able to protect that and not allow people to say, well, you know, this is a living document and uh, uh, the Constitution is, is a living document and we can make changes to it. Uh, the, the Founding Fathers had had such a, a huge vision in mind when they sat down and created the Constitution in order to keep the government in check. And we're seeing that slipping away from us more and more every day. And, and 
And this federal government is no longer hiding at all what it is they want to do when they talk about uh, the Second Amendment. and no, trying, very bold. Yes, trying to take away the Second Amendment and certainly the involvement of the federal government in the education system as that trickles down to the local level. We have so many great representatives and senators in uh, Jefferson City that are trying desperately to protect our children uh, on a variety of levels, education being one of them. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, SB 85 that was uh, put together by Missouri Senator Jill Carter and the need to uh, retain control on the local level as far as education is concerned. So she's doing a bang-up job, Mike Moon and some others. But, uh, you know, we look at this, and you you mentioned uh, the fact that you have had such a wonderful marriage with your your husband and your children and your grandchildren. And I think in reality there are so many people that appreciate what they have and, and again, would like to be able to uh, pass on uh, the values, the morals, the ethics to uh, the children so that we can continue to have what we have and certainly to have voices that remind people that it is important to always keep the government in check. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Did you know that today is Patriots Day? I saw that. Yes, ma'am, I did. And, and of course, yesterday then was the anniversary of uh, Paul Revere's ride. And if, if you don't mind, I'm going to share because I think what I do is the clarion call. I think I'm just trying to wake everyone up. I'm not some. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a reporter. I'm not a journalist. I'm not any of those things. I have to rely on other sources to to know what's going on. <clears throat> but I feel like my job here, my mission, uh, is to wake up the masses, and um, I'm doing the best I can at that. I hope I I hope that they enjoy the way I come across and the way I write. But this is, this is the very last phrase, the very last verses of Paul Revere's ride. If you'll allow me to just read it real quick. Please. A cry of defiance and not of fear. A voice in the darkness, a knock at the door. And a word that shall echo forevermore. For born on the night wind of the past, through all our history to the last, in the hour of darkness and peril and need, the people will waken and listen to hear the hurrying hoofbeats of that steed and the midnight message of Paul Revere. Now, as I was studying that a little bit this morning, and I mean a very little bit, (laughs) um, did you realize that he got caught and he was arrested? Yes. And... uh, and then uh, two others took his place, and that was see William Dawes and Dr. Samuel Prescott. They continued the ride. Um, today, what we saw with uh, Budweiser, and I'm not a beer drinker, but <laughs> what we saw with Budweiser and how the American people have answered to that, that is amazing to me. And then I heard talk show hosts saying, oh, now stop the boycott because innocent people are going to be hurt. That's not the way it works. And uh, I don't want innocent people to lose their jobs, but we can, there's, other, there's other beer companies that are American beer companies that they could go to there and increase those companies. The American people's money speaks. Now, it may take a little while, but it does. And how they came out, they took that ride, and they made their voices heard against what Budweiser was doing. Mm-hmm. And the American people have gotten, you know, we've been so patient. And 
there's a, uh, a quote from George Washington, the marvel of all history is the patience which, with which men and women submit to burdens unnecessarily laid upon them by their government. We have been a patient people, and I, I think we're about to lose our patience with them. The Democrat Party recently threatened the Republicans if they go after Bragg, they're going to go after their Second Amendment. Well, it's not their Second Amendment. Mm. It's our Second Amendment. Right. They don't have any right to take it. In fact, it says, shall not be infringed. And, of course, you know, President Biden already said, well, that's, that's not written in concrete. That's not anything that has to be. But it does. Mm. And, uh, you know, I feel like we're in a battle here. I know we are. And it goes from local on up. And that's how we're going to have to fix it is local on up. We get, and I know I do, I get distracted by the, by the federal government. But while we're doing that on the local level, they've been busy. They've been patient uh, putting people in place on your school boards and your county, as your county commissioners, you know, and pushing things like Agenda 21. And, and of course, uh, the executive order that Joe Biden signed uh, 14008 to take at least 30% more of the land and at least 30% more of the water. Um, they're after us. And we're going to have to push back somehow, some way. We've got to get involved. The American people have been, we've been lazy. <laughs> and I'm speaking for myself. I think we've been lazy. Well, I Not everybody. Somebody like Ike. He's been busy all his life <laughs> trying to fight things. But most of us have laid back and let somebody else do it. And I think we get caught up in our daily lives sometimes and we forget to remind ourselves that we need to pay close attention to what is being said and what is being addressed. And certainly we need to look below the surface. And that's where we get a lot of our news on the surface. We get those uh, uh, little sound bites and things are taken out of context and blown up. And sometimes if we're not paying attention, then uh, they are able to uh, get some things by us, uh, certainly with legislation, because a lot of people don't bother to pay attention to that at all. And we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. I've got a quick break. I've got to take care of the bottom of the hour, Beth Ann, and I thank you again okay. for joining us. Uh, give, you t- uh, g- give you some time to maybe re- refresh your coffee and uh, to, to take a quick break. And we will be back on the other side of the break to talk more with Beth Ann, the host of CSC Talk Radio Beyond the Microphone phone. We've got Stacey Johnson with LakeExpo.com and some local news. Also, Chris Schneider with Lake TV and a check of sports. And a shout out to Nathan Bechtold from LakeExpo.com. Today is his birthday. So, happy birthday, Nathan. And thanks to you for listening to The Daily Show on Key Radio. I'm Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, April 19th. A Versailles man's been charged with felony assault and burglary after allegedly breaking into a house and strangling a woman inside. Early Saturday morning on April 15th, deputies came to a home on West Park Drive in Camdenton. They arrested 37-year-old Patrick Long after two women said he brutally attacked one of them. Long's being held without bond. 
Things were tense at a TIF commission meeting Monday. Developers of the Oasis at Lakeport are asking Osage Beach for millions of dollars in tax increment financing, and they hope to make a similar request to the state of Missouri. But some commission members were not having it. Camden County Commissioner Ike Skelton, along with Camden and School Board members Gail Griswold and Jacob Noosh, made it clear they did not like the idea. Griswold and Noosh said this project and the new apartments being built with a TIF and Osage Beach will leave Camden and school districts struggling to pay for an influx of students. In the end, the commission did vote to recommend approval of the plan, but the vote was split, 7-4. to four. The question now goes to the City Board of Aldermen. And should people be allowed to smoke pot in public places? Osage Beach will consider that question during a public hearing Thursday. The new state law that legalizes recreational marijuana also allows cities to regulate its use. Osage Beach aldermen want to hear from the public. The meeting starts at City Hall at 6 o'clock in the evening. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild. Serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan Counties. Online at adairs-animals.com or call 573-378-8739. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this hump day. Happy Wednesday to you. Final game of three-game series for both the Cardinals and the Royals today. The Redbirds close out their three-game set at home against Arizona. They'll be off tomorrow before hitting the road to play in Seattle on Friday. The Royals close out their home series against Texas today. They also will be off tomorrow, and then the Royals hit the road to play the Angels for a weekend series starting on Friday. High school baseball, a big, busy week, but they Take a break today. Tomorrow's action, Camdenton looks to keep their great season going. They'll be at home against Springfield Central. Osage will be on the road to play Max Creek tomorrow. And Versailles at home against Eugene tomorrow. College softball, the Mizzou ladies have had a pretty good season. They will be at home against Kansas today. And then the Mizzou ladies have a weekend series coming up at home against North Texas. The MSU ladies are red hot. The Lady Bears have won 16 of 17. They've got a weekend series coming up against Belmont. That starts on Friday. As for college baseball, Mizzou Tigers have a weekend series at home against Alabama as they continue very tough SEC play. MSU Bears have been playing well lately as well. They have a weekend series on the road against Belmont coming up. Lake TV offers you five local lake area shows including weekend at the lake with david leatherberry he'll let you know what's coming up this weekend at the lake of the ozarks i'm chris schneider with your key radio lake tv sports update for this wednesday join 89.3 the key for the true history professor program featuring professor jim paisley with nancy 
national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why. It, well, it's because the news told us. Join Professor Jim Paisley Thursdays and Saturdays at 6 a.m., 2 p.m., and 10 p.m. for the True History Professor Program on 89.3 The Key. I'm Bill Munhausen for Orion Center Creation Expo. In many mountainous areas, rock layers thousands of feet thick have been bent and folded without any evidence of fracturing. Yet many geologists claim the rock layers were deposited millions of years before they were bent into folds by heat and pressure. However, hard rock is brittle. If the Earth's fossil-bearing rock layers hardened over millions of years, they could not later be bent without fracturing. You've seen a slab of concrete broken by forces as gentle as tree roots. However, when concrete is still wet, it can easily be shaped and molded before it sets. Now this is easy to understand regarding rock layers. They can be bent and folded when soft before the natural cements have a chance to bind the particles together into hard, brittle rock. Rock layers and their folds all happened at about the same time, not over millions of years. Most scientists understand this. Evolutionary scientists, not so much. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen. Available in Amazon Books. Key Radio keeps you in the know. The Lake Area Woodcarvers Guild meets every third Monday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. at Community Christian Church in Camdenton. The meeting is open to anyone who wants to learn about woodcarving artistry. For more information, call Doug Bibles at 573-286-1049 or check the calendar at artsatthelake.com. This message brought to you by Key Radio, KUIK 89.3 FM. Key Radio needs business content, and we make broadcast time affordable. Instead of merely advertising, create an hour or half hour weekly radio show to inform potential customers about your products and services. Then post the podcast to your social media page to make it work for you. We are non-commercial, so no direct selling is allowed. But use your time to educate and inform. For a small extra cost, you can be an underwriter and have your messaging play all week long. It's your daily dose of news, sports, weather, and more with KB on The Daily Show. Weekdays starting at 8 a.m., heard again at 4 p.m., and again at midnight on 89.3 The Key. key. 67 degrees now in Osage Beach. It is great to be here. 8.38 is our time. And I want to take a quick second and uh, send a shout-out to the lovely Janice, as Bill refers to her, Bill LaCasse, Janice LaCasse with SRG Financial Advisors. Tax time is over, and uh, she has, uh, again, made it through doing all that she does for folks to make sure that your taxes are uh, taken care of very diligently, very uh, competently, and very professionally. And uh, she uh, has had her hands full this uh, go around. So uh, I want to say thank you to Janice and uh, let everybody know that this woman just is 
is above and beyond when it comes to how she uh, she takes care of the clients here at SRG Financial Advisors and how she t- treats uh, people in general. I think that uh, she is an amazing lady, and if you haven't met her, well, then you need to, and you will see exactly what it is I'm talking about. So if you uh, have some financial uh, business to attend to, why not give the folks at SRG Financial Advisors a call at 573-633. I'm sorry, that's my number. 573-302-7212. 573-302-7212. I also want to send a shout-out this morning to Matt and the crew at Culligan Lake of the Ozarks providing that uh, high-quality H2O. Get it in your home. Get it in your office. Just get it. And, uh, of course, you can get the uh, nice little bottles that you can keep handy, throw them in the cooler, keep them cold, and reach for one on a day like today or any day for that matter. Get the big jugs and the water cooler. And you can also have them come out. Uh, Penny uh, loves to come out to people's homes and test the water and make sure that uh, you have that uh, high-quality H2O. And if you don't, Culligan can show you just exactly how to achieve that with the reverse osmosis systems. They can also uh, hook you up with those great water softeners and take care of you from start to finish. They'll bring you everything you need, and all you have to do is pick up the phone and call them. Culligan Lake of the Ozarks at 573-346-5221. Matt, Andrea, Penny, Kevin, there's a whole mess of great folks that will come right to your door and take care of everything. You don't have to lug those big bags of salt. Let the folks at uh, Culligan do the work, and you reap all of the rewards. Talking this morning with Beth Ann, she is, of course, the host of CSC Talk Radio, Beyond the Microphone, and we have the opportunity to uh, speak with her this morning. Uh, Beth Ann, uh, a little earlier in the show, you made the remark about uh, controlling businesses with our money. We make the decisions when we go out and purchase various items. And I think it's only fair considering that so often when the federal government wants somebody to do something, they say, well, you know, hey, Missouri, if you don't comply, or hey, North Carolina, if you don't comply, or hey, Texas, if you don't comply, guess what we're going to do? We're going to cut off your education funding, or we're going to hold on to the money you need to uh, uh, put together your infrastructure, roads, bridges, and the like. But, you know, you right. can either play, play ball, or uh, if you don't want to play ball, guess what? You can... Uh, you can do without, and and of course that's our money that they're telling us we can't have. We shouldn't have to. That's the arrogance of it. That's and, and and that's absolutely it. But initially, they shouldn't be in a position to control that money. And as far as spending it, they don't do a very good job there. But uh, as we know, a lot of people have have proposed, especially here in Missouri, not sending money to the federal government and and just keeping it within the state i know that would be difficult and rather hard to do at this point but certainly i think it's something that we uh we could look at and and see much like uh much like the second amendment preservation act somebody had the wherewithal to look at this and say you know what even though we shouldn't have to do it we're going to do it anyway and we are going to preserve the Second Amendment rights of uh, people in Camden County. And then eventually it went on to uh, to be uh, picked up by the state of Missouri. But these are things that we should be able to do. State sovereignty is so important these days. And I think a lot more would get done and uh, we would move things uh, in more of a positive direction if the states were allowed to manage their own business rather than having the federal government in place, which is 
essentially set up to uh, to do very little, although we've allowed them to intrude into our lives. And, uh, you know, we, we tried to show our ire with the federal government back on January 6th of 2021 when uh, so many people showed up in Washington, D.C. to let uh, those folks up there know that, hey, guess what? We think that the uh, 2020 presidential election was uh, was rigged and that Joe Biden should not be president of the United States. And we've seen what has happened as a result of that. So, you know, I, I guess you could pretty much take any situation regarding the federal government and look at how this abuse of power is 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 just out of control and certainly is something that they uh, don't really hide anymore. No, they don't. And and we have gone back. If we go back and read the Declaration of Independence, which is what I always recommend my listeners do, you know, I I read it, but several years ago I did a dramatic reading of it where I really paid a little more attention to what it was saying. And it's amazing. It's astonishing what our founding fathers were dealing with with the king, we're dealing with today with king government because it has grown, it's this behemoth mess of a huge infrastructure of its own, and they are the ones who who orchestrated an insurrection little at a time. Mm-hmm. They took our republic away just a little at a time, and we were sleeping. And I had said a long time ago, I don't know the numbers, but I believe every state would be better off if they kept their money and didn't send it to the federal government so that they could send you a pittance back. Hmm. I, I've often said that. We may not have, you know, until the American people realize if you want liberty, if you want true freedom and independence, you might have to make a sacrifice. And those sacrifices will eventually be worth it whether it's doing without something from the federal government you know maybe the the money they send for new computers in the in the schools or something how often do the american people step up generously and give for this or for that and i think we would be better off if we just said you know i think we're just going to take care of ourselves that's what sovereignty that's what that's about mm-hmm being a sovereign state, a sovereign person, um, sovereign counties, you know, uh, that's what that's about. We don't have to answer to them, but we have grown to where they have, they have thrown that, that worm on the fish hook out and we've taken hold of it and, and they own us, you know, so they can, they can hold it over our head and say, you know what, you don't do this. We're not going to give you this or your children are going to do without. And, and that's not freedom. Well, I think in some that's instances, where we are. right? And, and I think in some instances, you know, our children doing without, uh, as far as the federal government is concerned, certainly the Department of Education, that's not really a bad thing. Uh, I think that we are, no, it's not, <laughs> as 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 parents and certainly taxpayers, uh, because. You know, you live in a particular school district, and regardless of whether or not you have children, you're paying personal property tax, and that property tax is supposed to go to the schools. And regardless of whether or not you have children in school, you should still have a voice as to how that money is being spent, how it's being utilized, where they're using it, what type of programs are they are they ushering into our schools? What do we know about versus what we don't know about? Because so often, uh, and, and here in the last 
five, six years, we've really been able to see how the Department of Education is, is, is trying to put that wedge in between parents and children, saying that parents really don't need mm. to be involved in their child's education. And, and why would you say something like that other than you've got something to hide? Right. And, and we found that out during COVID, didn't we? We sure did. They didn't want the, the students, they didn't want the parents to watch what the students were doing on the computers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we found that out. And we, you know, we've grown as a nation and we have, it's not been a good thing. I mean, some, some growth is great. Some, you know, the entrepreneurs and what we've come, you know, how we've come through the uh, years, you know, I'm old enough that I, I've seen quite a bit of stuff. I hate to admit that, but I have. I also have to confess, Kevin, I not only have 16 grandchildren, I have five great-grandchildren now. Wow. So, <laughs> so I feel like I have a lot to fight for uh, when you look at these innocent lives and, you, and I've got uh, some of my great-grandchildren are being uh, homeschooled. And uh, it's, it's something that I, I, uh, I do worry about, the future of this nation. And uh, I can see... When you go back now, maybe it's the age, maybe it's finally I'm settling down to pay attention to what I read, but if you go back and read some of the quotes, of course, you can read a quote from anybody, you know, even Bill Clinton and get something out of it, I guess, if it's taken out of context. But if you go back and read what they were doing and what they were talking about, Thomas Paine's one of my favorites, and uh, I'm trying to write a book, believe it or not, Um, and mine is called The American Crisis Continues. Because I feel like, Kevin, there's freedom is never truly won. There's always someone, whether it's an official that you elected or someone around the corner, a little shyster, that wants to take what you have. Freedom is never really won. You have to stay vigilant. And um, I, do, I do worry about what's happening right now and the attack on our children the attack on the family, which has been going on for a long time, and right now it's obvious the attack on women. And I'm just hoping that the mothers out there that are listening, if you're homeschooling, if you're using your public school, whatever it is you're doing, you need to understand you need to be involved with these children and uh, stay vigilant and protect them. You know, we are the mama bears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are the sure. mama bears. You don't want to mess with the mama bears. And they need to wake up. If, if the, you know, I've heard before, well, the suburban women and the Democrats and the Republicans are fighting over them. And it's like, you know, girls, you need to wake up. You just need to wake up and take care of those children. We're not, we can't be in hibernation anymore. And I think homeschooling has always been something that people have, uh, have, have been interested in. But I think the momentum and certainly uh, the whole, uh, the whole thought process surrounding homeschooling has become more and more uh, prevalent. And I say that because there are a lot of people here in this area alone that homeschool their children. As a matter of fact, there is a a group of people that homeschool collectively. They homeschool individually. They do things as they would at home, but they also uh, work collectively. The parents get together. They bring the kids in. They have activities for the kids. They teach the kids uh, the morals, the values, the ethics that they feel are, are necessary, that they are not learning about in schools. And homeschooling is really uh has really taken off 
to the uh, to the point where uh, the government is is noticing this, and they're saying, well, you know, at first maybe there weren't a whole lot of people uh, homeschooling their children, but there certainly are more and more people that are getting interested in it, finding out about it, looking at it from all uh, different angles. Certainly, uh, you know, how do I teach my child? Uh, I want to make sure I've got all of the uh, the legal things in place so that I don't get uh, myself or my child in trouble. But homeschooling is really gaining. Gaining, uh, gaining ground, as we say, and and I think more and more people are looking at this and thinking, uh, you know, I want my kids to have some of the things that I had uh, when I was growing up. Uh, you know, many of us went to public schools before homeschooling really took mm-hmm. off, myself included, and and I don't recall a whole lot of things that uh, were concerning as far as my education. But now this social experiment that we call education has has just really started to uh, uh, to to derail the whole education process. We we hear all the time about you know test scores uh, in math, test scores in English, test scores in science are so low. Uh, so we need to uh, concern ourselves with that. But at the same time, we're ushering in these uh, these programs where uh, kids can go to school if they don't feel comfortable. A boy doesn't feel comfortable being a boy. He can go into the coat room and change uh, and, and, and wear uh, female clothing, uh, girls' clothes. And it's like, what is that all about? Why in the world is school a place where something like that is even necessary? Uh, parents need to be more involved. Obviously, everyone needs to be more involved on the local level with their schools to make sure that our kids are getting a sufficient education that's going to allow them to do whatever they want to do once they graduate, if they want to go to college college, if they want to go to a trade school, if they want to go into the military, whatever they feel like doing, that they have these opportunities. And we need to extremely, uh, or, or as I I'm sitting here thinking, uh, do these these types of things to uh, stay vigilant and stay on top of what is what is coming through the door, uh, and the best way to do that is to attend school board meetings. And I've got a uh, a quote from a listener here this morning: "You can't voice against the schools unless you want to be shunned by many." Uh, family, friends, and other acquaintances. You can't stand up for injustice done to your child or you're accused of not following policy or rules even though they are over the top and harm the children. And you go back to uh, the uh, the the letter that was penned by the uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland on October 4th of 2021 and how he said, you know, if you're going to go to school board meetings and raise Cain, you may very well be uh, labeled as a domestic terrorist. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing this 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 road we've gone down. I remember years ago, years ago, Dr. Dobson, all of a sudden, kind of turned and said, "You know what? I don't know else to tell you other than I think if it was me, I would be homeschooling my children now." Right, right. And that is a sacrifice. Parents make a sacrifice to do that, and they are trying to make us all. They're 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 they're. Um, they're trying to sift us all out, Kevin, as to who we are. Are you a Christian? Are you are are you a patriot? You know, this is Patriots Day. You reckon they're going to say anything about that from the White House? No. You know, the shot that was heard around the world? This is something that they want to make you the enemy. I mean, we've seen this um, just play out, you know, the, the two – the system of justice is, is totally – messed up. So Trump can't do anything without being on somebody's radar. <laughs> Yet 
Merrick Garland and some of these others, Joe Biden and his family, the their their little money cartel, and and I believe that many of our congressmen are involved somehow. That's why it's not getting put out there. I don't think it's just one family or one person. That's just my opinion. The Epstein thing that happened when he so-called committed suicide, I think um, that was when my heart just sunk with William Barr, with the Attorney General Barr, because he wouldn't look into it any further. No, we're going to accept this suicide. We know that they've got shenanigans going on, and those shenanigans cost the American people liberty. They cost us our money, our livelihoods, and then they want to call us the domestic terrorists. They want to say that those millions of people that were in D.C. were insurrectionists. Things went bad that day. There's no doubt about it. Things went bad. But the majority of the people were there to witness. They were there to witness what took place. And when the riot happened, those senators that were going to um, object and send it back to the state to be recounted and looked into, they caved. So we have to, you know, we have to go back. That uh, that first phrase in that uh, uh, that uh, poem of the Paul Revere ride is a cry of defiance and not of fear. We we should not be fearful of them. And I know that we all are to some degree. I sometimes wonder if a little man in black is going to come through my front door here mm-hmm. <laughs> with some of the things I say. But we've got to stand together, and I think that's that's on January 6th was the biggest fear. They knew all those Americans were standing together, and that is their biggest fear. And so we really have it on them if we would just realize that we are the ones, the consent of the governed. We are the people, and um, we can't let them keep taking things away from us. And I'm not just talking about things. I'm talking about our liberty, our freedom, you know, and... uh, Everything is a tax anymore. You know, they tax taxes and we just had tax day, you know. Um, it's our founding fathers, they'd be rolling around, rolling in their graves if they knew what we were putting up with. And if we just go back and read their documents, they're not difficult to understand. I think not if, at all. if you get an opportunity, please check out the documentary Capital Punishment. I don't know. You may have already seen it. Uh, Chris Bergard was my guest uh, a while back. And he was actually there on January the 6th, along with a number of people. Mm. There were so many things that he saw, and he uh, relayed through his documentary to people that uh, have seen it, that he is uh, on the FBI's watch list. And he said, well, anybody who, uh, yeah, anybody who talks to me could very well end up on the FBI's watch list. So I guess there's a possibility that I may be on there now. I haven't noticed any, any differences, but they could be waiting for their opportunity to pounce. And we see how they do things. There, there are, are, are certain things that they start with. For example, labels. Labeling someone a domestic terrorist yes. or a racist or a xenophobe or a homophobe. We go after these people with, 
with labels to see if that will shut them down. And then we turn around, and if that doesn't work, as you said, you may get a knock on the door, uh, or your door might come flying in, and uh, the FBI shows up in, uh, in 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 military vehicle or on military vehicles and military gear. And 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 really, I mean, one of the one of the people that he talked about was a 74 year old woman that happened to be there, and the FBI uh, apparently kicked in her door. And I mean, she's 74 years old. What in the world is she going to do other than just try to be a voice to get people to pay attention? And so when it all kind of goes back around to, and uh, when you talked about the ride of Paul Revere, is our history. And I've got uh, my friend Jim Paisley, he's a history professor, coming in to talk next hour. And one of the things he always does is he takes modern-day events and relates them to various things that happen uh, have happened in history. And it's amazing how when we look back at our history, uh, how we've already explored some of these situations 5, 10, 15, 20, 50, 100 years ago or more. And, you know, people just weren't uh, paying attention in history class or paying attention to history at all, for that matter. And and it, it, it all kind of comes back around full circle. Right. And I think we just have to remember that we are the governed. We are the people. The consent of the governed, that's in the Declaration of Independence. They have to have your consent. You and I didn't consent to these things. We didn't agree to that, and that's the bureaucracy, the behemoth that's ruling over us. And uh, the Constitution is a contract between us and them. It's not a living, breathing document. It is a contract between us and the elected people. They work for us, and I think we've lost that perspective. Um, There's a quote from Thomas Jefferson, and I'm going to botch it, but basically saying the only way to restore a republic when it's lost is to remove the corruption and to restore the lost principles. And my fear is, and I think I've put it in some of my substacks, we don't understand what those principles were. We've lost the principles. So we need to get back to the foundation. And um, it, it's just, um, it's going to be a battle. And uh, there's a few brave ones out there fighting a battle, and we need to prop them up. We need to help them and stand by them. I know that you've got a radio Locally, show. Locally, as well as on a... Yeah, I do. I do have one in an hour here. <laughs> I know you've got a radio show to do, and uh, we, we, we've we made it to the top of the hour, and what a quick hour it's been. But first and foremost, I want to thank you, and I'd love to have you back on again sometime. Uh, it is. It's been great to, uh, to have the opportunity to actually talk to you and uh, kind of give you that opportunity to be a little one-on-one with our listeners. We do feature the program on Key Radio, and we're proud and happy and uh, thankful that we have that uh, ability to do so. So, but uh, again, thank you so much for being a voice. And it doesn't, as I said earlier, it it doesn't make any difference where you are in the country. If you're in St. Louis, Kansas City, or right there at home in California, Missouri, doing what you're doing, please keep it up. And thank you for fighting the good fight. Thank you, Kevin. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Beth Ann from CSC Talk Radio, Beyond the Microphone. We will take our top of the hour break. It is 9.01 on the Midwest Coast. We've got Stacy Johnson and LakeExpo.com with local news. Chris Schneider and sports from our great media partners at Lake TV. And on the other side of this break, folks, we are going to bring him in. I know he's out there getting ready to uh, talk to you this morning about Finland, Russia, NATO, and a whole lot more. The true history professor, Professor Jim Paisley. He's on the program after the break. It's The Daily Show on Key Radio. Business, government, religion, family issues, and more. 
find it all right here on 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, April 19th. Our salesman's been charged with felony assault and burglary after allegedly breaking into a house and strangling a woman inside. Early Saturday morning on April 15th, deputies came to a home on West Park Drive in Camdenton. They arrested 37-year-old Patrick Long after two women said he brutally attacked one of them. Long's being held without bond. Things were tense at a TIF commission meeting Monday. Developers of the Oasis at Lakeport are asking Osage Beach for millions of dollars in tax increment financing, and they hope to make a similar request to the state of Missouri. But some commission members were not having it. Camden County Commissioner Ike Skelton, along with Camden School Board members Gail Griswold and Jacob Noosh, made it clear they did not like the idea. Griswold and Noosh said this project and the new apartments being built with the TIF and Osage Beach will leave Camden School District struggling to pay for an influx of students. In the end, the commission did vote to recommend approval of the plan, but the vote was split, 7-4. to four. The question now goes to the City Board of Aldermen. And should people be allowed to smoke pot in public places? Osage Beach will consider that question during a public hearing Thursday. The new state law that legalizes recreational marijuana also allows cities to regulate its use. Osage Beach aldermen want to hear from the public. The meeting starts at City Hall at 6 o'clock in the evening. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. The goal of Key Radio is to offer the community an opportunity to share information and to express their ideas and opinions. Key Radio presents a platform for all types of information. We encourage interested content providers to create podcasts that explain the finer points of business, family issues, arts and entertainment, religion, government, and more. Key Radio is also looking for unique and one-of-a-kind podcasts as well. Key Radio is based on positive and productive podcasts that encourage and inspire our listeners to become engaged in their community. For more information on becoming a content provider, call 573-280-0532 or go to keygatheringplace.com slash keyradio. You're listening to 89.3 The Key. with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this hump day. Happy Wednesday to you. Final game of three-game series for both the Cardinals and the Royals today. The Redbirds close out their three-game set at home against Arizona. They'll be off tomorrow before hitting the road to play in Seattle on Friday. The Royals close out their home series against Texas today. They also will be off tomorrow, and then the Royals hit the road to play the Angels for a weekend series starting on Friday. High school baseball, a big, busy week, but they Take a break today. Tomorrow's action, Camdenton looks to keep their great season.
season going. They'll be at home against Springfield Central. Osage will be on the road to play Max Creek tomorrow. And Versailles at home against Eugene tomorrow. College softball, the Mizzou ladies have had a pretty good season. They will be at home against Kansas today. And then the Mizzou ladies have a weekend series coming up at home against North Texas. The MSU ladies are red hot. The Lady Bears have won 16 of 17. They've got a weekend series coming up against Belmont. That starts on Friday. As for college baseball, Mizzou Tigers have a weekend series at home against Alabama as they continue very tough SEC play. MSU Bears have been playing well lately as well. They have a weekend series on the road against Belmont coming up. Lake TV offers you five local lake area shows, including Weekend at the Lake with David Leatherberry. He'll let you know what's coming up this weekend at the Lake of the Ozarks. I'm Chris Schneider with your key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. Winter, spring, summer, or fall, Lake TV's got it all, including five local talk shows to keep you informed and entertained. You can also see local high school football in the fall and basketball in the winter. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku or Amazon Fire and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. And if you haven't liked Lake TV on Facebook, be sure you do that too. Key Radio keeps you in the know. Sunrise Beach Little Theater presents a musical production of Cole Porter's Kiss Me Kate on the evenings of May 10 through the 13th at the Sunrise Beach Community Center. Admission is $20, including dessert and coffee or tea, and you may bring your own bottle and snack. Doors open at 6 p.m. and show at 7. RSVP at 573-836-0934. Message brought to you by Key Radio, KEYK 89.3 FM. you've got a topic you'd like to share with the community, contact us right here at 89.3 The Key.
you for joining us. You have picked a uh, great day to listen to Key Radio and The Daily Show. Actually, every day is a great day. Tomorrow on the program, we'll have uh, Mindy Sales, our community events director for Key Radio, in particular The Daily Show, and uh, Mary Isaac. Mary is... um, pretty incredible lady and I met her years ago when she was the manager for the uh, Dogwood Animal Shelter when it was out on uh, South Business 5 and 7 and she has since kind of gotten into her own uh, practice if you will of uh, rescuing animals she's got a uh, great great shelter called Angels with Tails and so we're going to have her on a little bit uh, tomorrow morning to talk about uh, some events that she's got coming up along with Mindy Sales. And, of course, Danny Ellison will be on the program, the educated redneck checking in, as uh, he so often does, to rant and rave and to fill us with some information and hopefully click that little button in your brain that has to do with common sense. Danny is, uh, again, much like Beth Ann, a huge uh, advocate for... Uh, people's rights and uh, the rights that uh, we should be able to enjoy in this country and keeping the government in check. So we will talk with Danny Ellison on Friday. We will talk with uh, Presiding Commissioner Ike Skelton, who uh, very shortly will be on the Glenn Beck radio program. And uh, that's about 934 Central Time, Ike said. So if you get an opportunity, you can check it out after, because they'll rebroadcast it, after we talk to our guest today, who's got a lot of useful information, as he always does. Our true history professor, the one and only professor, Jim Paisley. 68 degrees in Osage Beach, 83 the expected high today. We'll see some clouds off and on. 65 the low, uh, mainly cloudy. Maybe a stray shower or thunderstorm is possible right now. The rain chance, uh, very slight. We're at uh, about 90% for tomorrow with a high of 75 showers and thunderstorms in the forecast for your Thursday. Cloudy and 66 on Friday. Partly cloudy and 53 for the Dogwood Festival Parade. Obviously a little on the chilly side right around 10 o'clock in the morning when that parade starts in downtown Camdenton. 60 and sunny on Sunday. And again, mate, I uh, uh, encourage you to come out and join us on Sunday nights at Captain Ron's Bar and Grill for Sing Your Heart Out. I get to MC uh, alongside my uh, good buddy, uh, DJ Kyle, who he uh, he uh, supplies all of the music. We have uh, some amateur karaoke folks that get out and sing. $100 weekly winners. All of our weekly winners come back to compete for the grand prize of $1,000 in cash and prizes. And just add it to the agenda. If this uh, person would like to do so, the opportunity to sing the national anthem on Sunday at uh, Captain Ron's Bar and Grill during the shootout. Now, to kind of put this into perspective for you, this event uh, draws people in from all over the country and around the world. So this person who uh, wins uh, may uh, definitely accept the opportunity to sing the national anthem in front of not only people at Captain Ron's, people in the Lake area, people around the state of Missouri, people around the country, but people around the world. And it could be a huge catalyst for somebody that's looking for that opportunity to uh, sing their heart out and uh, continue to do so. Who knows? Maybe professionally. 9.13 is our time. How you been, Jim? I've been doing great. And you? Uh, just marvelous. Yeah. Just marvelous. Yeah, can't beat the weather, can we? Can't beat the weather. It's, uh, again, kind of bouncing up and down like it uh, so often does around this time of year. But we've got a great uh, topic for uh, general consumption this morning, and we encourage all of our listeners to tune in because the uh, good professor is going to be talking about Finland. And you would think, Finland? Why are we talking about Finland? But 
Jim has all the details, so I'll let him uh, tell you why we're talking about Finland this morning. All right. So here's the thing, folks. You know, I kind of like the fact that I have the opportunity to prepare our listeners for what's coming. And, uh, you know, I think we have one of the most knowledgeable groups in the world out here in, in Camden County that uh, tune into these shows. I'm always amazed at the questions that you all come up with. And uh, here's one of these things that it's trust me, it's going to hit the front news here anytime. It, it, it's on the way, just like it's been with the AI and everything else. And they didn't give it much coverage, but I thought it'd be important to talk about Finland today. Because, as some of you know, Finland has made the decision to join NATO, okay, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. And this is a huge shift in that country's long indecisive indecision towards basically joining any of the Western institutions. And there's a reason for that. I mean, they're sitting there uh, with a common border with Russia, believe it or not. And they have a long time have said, yeah, you know, we don't particularly trust Russia either, but we don't trust the West any more than we do Russia. And there's a reason for that. And I thought today it would be kind of interesting to uh, go back and give us a good old history lesson so that we can understand why things are happening the way they are today. Mm -hmm. And this one is, is pretty fascinating when you step back and look at it. Uh, basically, Finland's NATO membership was confirmed last month, but this Nordic country has long feared being drawn into great power politics. And the reason why is it happened before. Now, what I'm talking about was something called the Russo-Finnish War. All right. It was in 1939. It ran from 39 to 40. Yeah, that's right. At the beginning of World War II. And basically what's happened here is that people are today are listening to the stories that the grandparents told them about this huge conflict that broke out. We talk about World War II all the time. Well, the Finns are doing the same thing, and they're saying, here's how bad it could get. All right. Now, the for former Soviet Union, which has a population 45 times larger than Finland, 45 times bigger, all right, they attacked Finland in 1939. And Finland, who is sitting there at the beginning of this war looking for allies, were left alone. And basically, you know, they were saying, hey, West, you know, you guys are in a conflict with this bunch over here. You know, where are you? Where is France and England and all of them in helping support us? And they didn't step forward. They left them twisting in the breeze, so it was up to Finland to fight a country that has 45 times the number of people and a huge military. And what was fascinating about the whole thing is these guys were tough. I mean, it's unbelievable what the Finns were able to do. And they brought a whole new type of warfare. Uh, modern warfare is based on a lot of what happened with the Finns against the Russians. Because this is this huge juggernaut going after these guys up in this frozen tundra. And those guys showed them, okay, bring it on. We'll show you how to fight. Okay, And indeed they did. Now, a lot of people are making the, the comparison today between what's happening between Russia and Ukraine. 
because it's pretty much the same thing. You've got a Ukraine is a small country, and nobody thought they'd put up the fight that they have. And here's, you know, Russia with, you know, nuclear-powered submarines and everything else and aircraft and the whole bit, and yet they haven't been able to win this war. Well, the same sort of thing kind of happened back then with Finland and Russia. So there is a comparison, all right? Now, <clears throat> the Finnish soldiers... What they did when they knew they were going to be invaded, they everybody got on skis, all right? And they counterattacked against the Russians in blizzard conditions. Now, you can go and look this up. These guys, they put on white uniforms, mm-hmm. okay? And they blended right in with the snow. And they skied, which, you know, kind of like uh, Quantrell and the gorillas had horses to sneak off here. I mean, these guys would hit you and be gone. Mm-hmm. You didn't even know where they're coming from. Plus, you got to understand, these guys are all great shots. These people lived in Finland where, you know, they're having to hunt for food and, and, and to survive. And so it's kind of like uh, us having millions of deer hunters here. Uh, Finland was pretty well set up the same way. So when the Russians stepped in there thinking, we're just going to go in and take these guys, they were in for a rude awakening. All right. Now, the NATO Secretary General, a guy by the name of Jens Stoltenberg, on Tuesday referred to the conflict as one of the reasons that had prompted Finland to join the alliance. And he, too, was drawing parallels between the Winter War, which they called this war between Russia and Finland, and Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Now, Finland also has a history that tells them about the brutality of that war. People, you know, grandparents are telling their kids just how terrible it was. And the Finnish public opinion started to shift after Russia, in December of 2021, issued a list of demands to NATO, which which would have barred Finland from becoming a member of NATO. Well, first off, why does Russia have anything to say about whether or not if my country can join NATO, all right? And with the subsequent invasion of Ukraine, it just galvanized the Finnish people into saying, Russia's a threat. We, we need to do something here. Now, <clears throat> freedom of choice is very important to Finland. And basically, these guys are saying, no other country is going to tell us whether or not if we can be part of NATO. Now, despite this uh, lingering fear of a Russian attack, a lot of the Finns for a long time thought that their country could juggle between the West and Russia. Again, you know, they still have a certain bitterness because the West didn't come help them during World War II. Sure. All right. And they viewed NATO membership basically as a U.S. imperialist tool that could draw them into larger conflicts. Because understand, folks, how many times have you heard on the news people say an attack on one NATO nation is an attack on all of them? So there, therein lies the problem. Let's say that uh, Russia decides to go after Poland. Well, that automatically would draw NATO into the conflict, or draw Finland into the conflict. So there's there's the rub here. If you join NATO, you're liable to get drawn into a conflict that really doesn't, you know, you don't want to be a part of. So that's why they've been hesitating on doing this. So uh, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about what is this winter war that took place that everybody keeps referring to, and why have the Finns been so hesitant to join the resistance? So this morning, I'm going to give you a good old history lesson. 
A good old history lesson. A good old history lesson, all right? So you just uh, pour you another cup of coffee, sit back, and listen to the story, because this is a great story, all right? And bear in mind, you know, the whole trick to teaching history is to get people, to trick them into learning something they didn't really realize it happened. So the next time this pops up in the news, you're going to say, well, I know all about that stuff. Right. That you'll understand why it is that Finland is, is such an important key in all the events that are happening today. All right. Now, follow, following the fall of Poland back in 1939, you got Hitler's marching all over Central Europe and he's gobbling countries up. Basically, the world watched tiny Finland, this little nation of less than four million people, fight off 26 Russian divisions. I mean, when the Russians came, they came full force. Tanks, planes, uh, you name it, they brought it. And here's this little country of four million folks who fought them off. And, I mean, they made made the Russians' life a living hell. They really did. It, it's humorous. Well, I think, think if you know anything about World War II, you know that when the Germans invaded Russia, hmm. Russia just threw numbers at them like yes. nobody's business. People just kept coming and coming and coming, and not just uh, men, but women as well. And that, that's such a great point, KB, because, uh, again, uh, military warfare has shifted so much. When we got into the 20th century, everybody came to it with the mindset of, of what it was used to be like with, with uh, uh, almost medieval fighting. Mm. You threw people at it. And, and they would literally, the, the military strategists going into World War One and World War Two looked at it from the standpoint of if I've got four times as many people, which is a perfect example right here, mm. you know, you got 45 times as many people. When Russia went into Finland, they could go into this thing and have a five to one kill ratio. They could kill five Russians for every Finn that they killed. And they still had... 40 times as many people. Mm -hmm. And that's the way they, they design battle plans back then. So they threw people at it. Well, with the invention of belt-fed machine guns and, and bombers and the whole nine yards, now all of a sudden they level the playing field pretty good. Sure. But it's such a great point that you make, KB, is that, that when, you, when you're looking at, at throwing numbers at it, you know, and isn't that what we're seeing in Ukraine right now? They're emptying out uh, Russians, are emptying out their prisons and throwing everybody to the front lines. Right. Well, those guys are cannon fodder, you know, but still they've got a gun and they're shooting. So, again, they're expendable, but if you've got ten times as many people as what Ukraine has, who cares? Keep throwing them. And that's that's what we're seeing happen all over again. You know, as advanced as we get, we go back. It was interesting because I think the Russians even had uh, female fighter pilots. Yes, yes, they did. And uh, you know, it, it's 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 amazing. You know, we we can't quite grasp the concept of being on a total war footing, whereas these other countries did. Uh, everybody was involved in the war efforts. And uh, we were slow to pick up on that concept. We eventually did in World War II when we realized all the men are fighting. We had to have the women to help us build the factories and, and help to fly planes to the front and mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But other countries, they'd been doing it for years. When when they got in a conflict, everybody got involved. Is it is it kind of when you're a smaller nation like that and you depend on everyone's help in order to... Uh, make a stand, defend your country, what have you. Is it similar to what they do in Israel? Yes, very much so. And and I think one of the things, and you know, I've talked about it, 
is that sense of patriotism. Uh, the mindset of people in these countries is, you know, somebody's attacking my country. Well, to heck with all of our political differences. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go help any right. way that I can. Right. And that's something I think we're missing today. It, it concerns me considerably, you know. So basically, here we are. We go into this conflict. Now, what we saw happen is prior to this Russo-Finnish war, problems were already setting in for Russia and Germany. Now, <clears throat> the German-Soviet non-aggression pact was signed. Now, basically what this was is Hitler was going after, wanted, you know, he took Poland, and then what he wanted to do is he wanted to go after Belgium and France and England, and he knew that he couldn't win a two-front war. If he was throwing all of his uh, military in the direction of the West... In the West being France and Belgium, etc., then his back door is wide open with Russia. So what he did is he turned around and he said, "Gosh, we got You know, I can't fight both sides at the same time. What I'll do is I'll cut a deal with Stalin." So Hitler talked to Stalin and said, "Here's what I'll do. I will sign a non-aggression pact with you. I won't go after you. You don't come after me." And Stalin, of course, said, "Well, what's in it for me?" And Basically, Hitler said, well, how about half of Poland and all the rest of that stuff over there? You, know, I'll, you take what you want on that side. I'm going to be busy over here. Mm -hmm. And that's when they turn around, and, and here comes Stalin gobbling up the Eastern Bloc nations in places like Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, um, and Finland. Mm -hmm. And he knows that he can go after him now because he doesn't have to worry about Germany. All right. And what Stalin was looking at, if I gobble these territories up, that gives me a buffer zone in case Hitler decides to double cross me, which he eventually did. Right. And Stalin was smart enough to see that. But he had a buffer zone. So most of the original battles that are going to take place really aren't on Russian soil. They're on those Eastern Bloc nations that he had gobbled up. Does that make sense? It does, because that's when we look at Russia now. Right. They have, They still have. A large majority of that buffer zone. Right. And, and, you know, and there's another, you know, piece of history there. Gosh, you, you, you can bring up such good questions here. You know, we used to refer to Russia as Russia. And then all of a sudden people started calling it the Soviet Union. Well, right up front, here's something that, that, that I found interesting in that most people didn't quite grasp the concept is that Russia at one time was this entire empire. I mean, it, it included, it has, what did they say, 18 time zones. It, it, it's huge, okay? And basically these guys had this whole empire, the czars, okay? And they ruled for 300 years. Well, then they get overthrown. And when they were overthrown by Lenin and Trotsky and Stalin, they came in as three together. What they did is Stalin came up with the idea, in order to control all this, we'll break it up into states, and they broke up this whole territory into 17 Russian states, okay? And it, it, it's fascinating when you think about it. Okay, it was all called Russia at one time, but then when, when we had Lenin and them come in, they called it the Soviet Union, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. And Soviets were, it means, Soviet means councils. And so they took 17 uh, areas and gave a... Uh, puppet of Lenin and Stalin in each of those areas to run it for them. So think of it like uh, 17 states, and the one largest state that they kept in the middle was Russia. 
You have an owner and then supervisors. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but when you start talking about all of these uh, uh, Belarus and, and Ukraine, all of these places were states within the new Soviet Union that had been part of Russia. It's amazing how it happens. And uh, don't think uh, it couldn't happen here. Exactly. We'll take our bottom-of-the-hour break and come back and talk more with the True History Professor Jim Paisley. It is 9.30 on the Midwest Coast, our final bottom-of-the-hour break, our final break of the morning, where we'll hear from Stacy Johnson and our media partners at LakeExpo.com with the local news, Chris Schneider and the good folks at Lake TV, Chris with a check of sports, and more Professor Jim Paisley right here on The Daily Show. I'm Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, April 19th. Our salesman's been charged with felony assault and burglary after allegedly breaking into a house and strangling a woman inside. Early Saturday morning on April 15th, deputies came to a home on West Park Drive in Camdenton. They arrested 37-year-old Patrick Long after two women said he brutally attacked one of them. Long's being held without bond. Things were tense at a TIF commission meeting Monday. Developers of the Oasis at Lakeport are asking Osage Beach for millions of dollars in tax increment financing, and they hope to make a similar request to the state of Missouri. But some commission members were not having it. Camden County Commissioner Ike Skelton, along with Camden School Board members Gail Griswold and Jacob Noosh, made it clear they did not like the idea. Griswold and Noosh said this project and the new apartments being built with a TIF and Osage Beach will leave Camden School District struggling to pay for an influx of students. In the end, the commission did vote to recommend approval of the plan, but the vote was split, 7-4. to four. The question now goes to the City Board of Aldermen. And should people be allowed to smoke pot in public places? Osage Beach will consider that question during a public hearing Thursday. The new state law that legalizes recreational marijuana also allows cities to regulate its use. Osage Beach aldermen want to hear from the public. The meeting starts at City Hall at 6 o'clock in the evening. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild. Serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan Counties. Online at adairs-animals.com or call 573 378 8739. 573 378 8739. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this hump day. Happy Wednesday to you. Final game of three game series. For both the Cardinals and the Royals today, the Redbirds 
close out their three-game set at home against Arizona. They'll be off tomorrow before hitting the road to play in Seattle on Friday. The Royals close out their home series against Texas today. They also will be off tomorrow, and then the Royals hit the road to play the Angels for a weekend series starting on Friday. High school baseball, a big, busy week, but they take a break today. Tomorrow's action, Camdenton looks to keep their great season going. They'll be at home against Springfield Central. Osage will be on the road to play Max Creek tomorrow, and Versailles at home against Eugene tomorrow. College softball, the Mizzou ladies have had a pretty good season. They will be at home against Kansas today, and then the Mizzou ladies have a weekend series coming up at home against North Texas. The MSU ladies are red hot. The Lady Bears have won 16 of 17. They've got a weekend series coming up against Belmont. That starts on Friday. As for college baseball, Mizzou Tigers have a weekend series at home against Alabama as they continue very tough SEC play. MSU Bears have been playing well lately as well. They have a weekend series on the road against Belmont coming up. Lake TV offers you five local lake area shows, including Weekend at the Lake with David Leatherberry. He'll let you know what's coming up this weekend at the Lake of the Ozarks. I'm Chris Schneider with your key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what, what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why it well it's because the news told us join professor jim paisley thursdays and saturdays at 6 a.m 2 p.m and 10 p.m for the true history professor program on 89.3 the key i'm bill munhausen for orion center creation expo In many mountainous areas, rock layers thousands of feet thick have been bent and folded without any evidence of fracturing. Yet many geologists claim the rock layers were deposited millions of years before they were bent into folds by heat and pressure. However, hard rock is brittle. If the Earth's fossil-bearing rock layers hardened over millions of years, they could not later be bent without fracturing. You've seen a slab of concrete broken by forces as gentle as tree roots. However, when concrete is still wet, it can easily be shaped and molded before it sets. Now this is easy to understand regarding rock layers. They can be bent and folded when soft before the natural cements have a chance to bind the particles together into hard, brittle rock. Rock layers and their folds all happened at about the same time, not over millions of years. Most scientists understand this. Evolutionary scientists, not so much. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Key Radio keeps you in the know. The Lake Area Woodcarvers Guild meets every third Monday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. at Community Christian Church in Camdenton. The meeting is open to anyone who wants to learn about woodcarving artistry. For more information, 
call Doug Bibles at 573-286-1049 or check the calendar at artsatthelake.com. This message brought to you by Key Radio, KUIK 89.3 FM. Key Radio needs business content, and we make broadcast time affordable. Instead of merely advertising, create an hour or half-hour weekly radio show to inform potential customers about your products and services. Then post the podcast to your social media page to make it work for you. We are non-commercial, so no direct selling is allowed. But use your time to educate and inform. For a small extra cost, you can be an underwriter and have your messaging play all week long. It's your daily dose of news, sports, weather, and more with KB on The Daily Show. Weekdays starting at 8 a.m., heard again at 4 p.m., and again at midnight on 89.3 The Key. It is 9.38, and what a beautiful day to be alive and live at the Lake of the Ozarks. Maybe you have the uh, opportunity today to get out on the water, play a little hooky from work, doing whatever it is you're doing. Good morning, Delta. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, she was working with her girls yesterday painting a house. And it was kind of like a reunion because these girls apparently all used to work together. And it was like we went in, we did our thing, we got it all knocked out. And, you know, they've got a few more things that they've got to do. But uh, it's nice when you get to uh, sometimes rehash old relationships, whether it's a friendship or a working relationship or something like that. So hats off girls go get them today and uh, i know you're gonna get her done so that uh that's pretty cool i think mm. uh, that's that's pretty cool and then i got to work yesterday i was telling uh, professor paisley i said uh, you know i kind of understand why your wife does some of the things that she does because it's it's you know it's manual labor but who cares it, yeah it's good for the mind it's good for the soul gives you a chance to think or maybe not think right. and just do yeah, and so I can understand. Like last year, when she was down on the dock every day, sanding the dock. Yeah, got it done. Yeah, 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 and dedicated. I mean, she was out there in a hundred degree weather. She's something else. And and <laughs> and down there on there, and it, just just doing her thing, off in her own little world. And you know, it's. Uh, I, I think sometimes it's easier to kind of do it willingly, right, than to be told or asked to yeah. do it. And you're like, yeah, I'll go down there and do this, and. A little becomes a lot, and you start to see the uh, the fruits of your labor. Yeah. You know, the, the 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 work starts making progress, and you start you know getting to where you want to be, and then you get the project completed, and you can stand back and just say, "Yeah, I did that." Yeah, yeah. Now she enjoys it. Me, not so much. Well, <laughs> you've got uh, you've got a lot of other things that you've got going on too, as well as uh, as as working around the house and 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 thank you for what you do because i know that there are a lot of people that are truly uh diehard listeners of this program and they tune in religiously every wednesday at nine ten to hear what you're going to talk about and they take a lot away from it and you know my guest last hour i, I mentioned you to her and i said you know history is so important great. uh in terms of learning our history so we don't repeat it but uh, the whole fact of the matter is Jim takes modern-day events and applies them to things that have happened, uh, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100 years ago or more. And we can see where, you know, we were kind of doing the same things, and it's come full circle. Right. You know, we addressed an issue, let's say, back during the Civil War uh, or World War One, World War Two, whatever, and now we're starting to see some of that creep back into our lives how did we handle it then so maybe we can have a better understanding of how to handle it now? And, it, you know, it, again, you know, I was listening to the show, and uh, 
she was talking about sovereignty and, you know, the fact that uh, the federal government gets their hooks on you with, uh, you know, giving you all of these great benefits that you're paying for. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I say, you go all the way back to the time just, uh, you know, around the Civil War shortly thereafter where the federal government was coming in and, and uh, building all these railroads. And Texas, of all places, turned around and said, no, we don't want your damn railroads here. If we want a railroad, we'll build it ourselves. Right. And uh, the reason why, and you can go back and look it up, they, their governor and their, their legislature was saying, as soon as we start letting the federal government come in here and build stuff, mm-hmm. and they have control of things like the railroad, they'll control us. Mm-hmm. And if you, you can go back to a, a, a map of, say, 1862 and look at the railroads all over the nation, and, you know, with the exception you know, out west, we didn't have anything yet. But all over Missouri, everywhere else you saw railroads, Texas, none, none. And that was why. They, the reason why is that we do not want the federal government coming in here and having anything to do with our infrastructure. I think it's, uh, it sounds to me like two-pronged reasoning because, number one, you obviously don't want the federal government in your state building things because then that's the end. Right. That's the end. But right. number two, you can't be blamed for things that may come through in those uh, in those trains mm-hmm. that could be, you know, seen as, you know, the federal government trying to implement its control. Let's say, I don't know, let's say you had a railroad that ran through Texas to get to Arizona or, mm-hmm. you know, something was coming from somewhere else going through Texas and Texas is like, Hey, at least this way we're not involved in it. Mm-hmm. And life goes on. Yeah. Well, and, and bear in mind the railroads were the lifeblood back then. Absolutely. And so, you know, they cut it off. You're in big trouble. So shall we go back to the war? Please. All right, here we go. So Stalin has cut a deal with Hitler saying, you do your thing over there in the Western part of Europe. I'll do my thing here. And as soon as that happens, Stalin embarks on a program to annex basically everybody around him. He's he's moving westward himself, and he grabs Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, uh, just gobbling up territories left and right. And there's nobody there to stop him. All right, and 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 it again, you know, jumping forward, uh, when the Soviet Union finally collapsed, uh, where you first saw the riots and everything taking place to overthrow the Soviet Union was Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. And the reason why is those three countries, those three sections, uh, they became Soviet states under Lenin and the boys, and they wound up uh, eventually gaining their independence, and they were independent all the way up until the time that Lenin and them came in. So after World War One, they were independent nations, and then here comes Lenin and the boys, and they proceeded to... You know, the whole thing became a matter of independence for 30 years, and then all of a sudden, here comes Stalin, and you're right back where you started from. So, again, jumping back here, we look at this whole situation where Stalin is gobbling up the eastern part of Europe, and nobody is stopping him. And the Finns are watching this, and they're saying, "Uh uh-oh, this guy's going to come after us, all right? And this triggers the Russo-Finnish War, because sure enough... Uh, Stalin knows that he's got to take care of these guys up north to protect his northern border. Uh, 
And uh, like the country it represented, the Repre- Red Army was a colossus on paper. They were huge. And again, we talked about this. They had millions of people. They, you know, they're 45 times as big as Finland. So they can throw people at the thing. But much of this Russian strength was more apparent than real. It was on paper. Sound familiar? Same thing with what we're seeing. You know, everybody said, oh, Russia's going to take Ukraine in a matter of days. Well, guess what? You know, it looked good on paper. They have all this equipment and everything and all this, all this military. And yet here's little Ukraine. Mm-hmm. A year later, we're, we're still involved in it. Same thing happened in the Russo-Finnish War. All right? Now, <clears throat> even though it had one of the largest military machines in the war, or in the world, the Red Army was hard-pressed to adequately equip and maintain this force. And therein lies the problem again. Everybody ignores logistics. Now, bear in mind, as, as Stalin is expanding and gobbling up these other countries, he's got to put people there to hold them. And so he really doesn't have all the resources available to turn around and go after Finland. Now, he's going to throw a lot of stuff at it, but he's all scattered all over Eastern Europe at the same time. And he's very concerned about what Hitler is doing, okay? Now, <clears throat> even had all the combat weapons been perfectly up to date, the level of training for the Russian troops was another thing. It's one thing to throw people at it. And like we talked about with Ukraine, you know, they're emptying out their, uh, Russia is emptying out their prisons and sending all these, these inmates out to fight against the Ukrainians. Well, those guys aren't trained. You know, they're cannon fodder. And that was what happened in this conflict back in 39 as well. Now, I'm going to throw one more wild thing at you. And this this just, it, it's always amazed me. Stalin is doing all this stuff, and people are starting to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This guy's going to get us drug into a, a huge conflict, all right? And and when he does this, you know, bear in mind, Russia was in World War One. They lost six million soldiers, six million and so the Russian people, as they're going into World War II, are saying, we need to stay the heck out of this thing. We can't afford to lose another six million of our kids. And so Stalin is paranoid that the people are going to rise up against him. And in particular, he knows the only way he's going to lose power is if the military comes after him, his own military. So what does he do? In the first year of World War II... Stalin purges his military of anybody that might be seen as unfaithful Mm -hmm. to his cause. And he went in there and he wiped out his entire officer corps. Now, KB, I'm talking from generals all the way down to the rank of captains. Executed them. That's what I was going to say. Wipe out. Wiped out, I'm talking, march them off to a prison, line them up, and shoot them. So he has wiped out his entire officer corps who were battle-hardened soldiers from World War I and knew tactics and knew what warfare was all about. Mm -hmm. He's eliminated them and replaced them with people that were in line with his political position. Does any of that sound familiar to you? It's interesting because (laughs) as an officer, I guess you were guilty by association, regardless of whether or not you had allegiance to him or someone else. And you talk about how we do things in this country. 
in the sense that uh, you want the best and brightest, but when we see a president uh, who is assembling his cabinet, a lot of these people are friends and associates that he's dealt with, and I don't necessarily think we're getting the best and or brightest with some of these uh, these folks that are run, supposed to be running the show. When you're especially when you're sitting there saying that the primary uh, concern in the military now is being woke. Well, you know, and that's that. I, I I don't want somebody woke leading the military. I want somebody that knows military tactics and knows how to win a battle. I want a I want a Schwarzkopf in there. Would I you, want a Patton. In would there. you take uh, a, an oath of allegiance to me? You would. Yes. And if you uh, mess up, it's right. Okay, if you'll do it, then, uh, okay, this is where I want you to be. This is where I want you to serve. And so you end up with a lot of yes men as opposed mm-hmm. to what he had where exactly. there may be some concern as to whether or not they turned on him, but uh, certainly in battle they can hold their own. Absolutely. For the most part. Yes, and so if you're eliminating good people that you know you can count on in, in a conflict and replacing them with people that are just simply political uh, appointees, then, you know, what are you doing to the capability of your military? And there, therein it lies a, a big concern that we have even today, okay? Now, <clears throat> it's interesting that the Red Army's opponent in late 1939 was the Finnish National Army. It had 33,000 men up against the Russians, okay? Now, they had a light infantry, and they have a cavalry brigade still, okay? Still have guys on horseback. And when mobilized, when they called in their reserves and everybody, they only had about 127,000 men total, okay? The Army Reserve, you know, like I say, they they jumped in to try and help, but none of these guys have been trained recently. Um, And bear in mind, this is a small country. For every guy you lose, it's not like you can just turn around and say, send me 10 more. I mean, the country is very small, all right, as far as population goes. Uh, in support of the frontline forces, you had 100,000 women from the Women's Auxiliary Army in Finland, okay? In addition to that, you had what is interesting here, and you hear it referred to, is you had all these guys that are hunters, okay? These people live off the land. They're out hunting reindeer and everything else to, mm-hmm. to feed themselves. And so the people there were very familiar with firearms and knew how to shoot long distances. They knew how to survive in the winter. And, you know, a lot of people have made the comparison here that, you know, hell, what was it? Pennsylvania alone had 400,000 deer hunters last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you can keep your, your populace armed, then you, you have a reserve that you can call on. Okay, but still, even even still, Finland had almost no artillery, and the artillery that they had, they had to drag it to the front with horses. So you know, and you're coming up against tanks. Mm-hmm. All right, so you can imagine, you know, the, the comparison, the uh, contrasting these two different groups. Now, <clears throat> along with an experienced, dedicated officer corps for the Finns, uh, the f- committed frontline troops, uh, the Finns were fortunate to have an army commander who inspired them, and this guy's name was Baron Carl Gustav Mannerheim. Isn't a great name for a general? Mm. Yeah. And this guy um, had actually fought in the Russian army early on in his career and then had moved back home. And he joined the Russian army just to have a job, moves back home uh, in, in World War One after World War One, And this guy worked up through the ranks and became the commander of the Finnish army. So they had an advantage there in that he knew a lot about the Russian army. 
and, and how it was set up, okay? Now, <clears throat> like I say, the biggest threat that they had was Russian tanks. I mean, when you're on horseback with a saber, you don't stand much of a chance against a Russian tank. And what I thought was interesting is that the, these basic Finnish, these, these, you know, guerrillas, if you will, they went after this. Think of the, uh, what's the movie I, I love so much? Uh, Red Dawn. Think of that, okay? Here you're up against the, just the best equipment in the world. Well, these guys would turn around and and run up to these tanks and haul, throw a Molotov cocktail down a hatch. You know, I mean, they were they knew how to take them out, but I mean, they, it was tremendous risk to do it, but they did it. I mean, these guys would again. They're wearing all white. It's during a blizzard. They'd run up. Pull that hatch open, throw a Molotov cocktail in it, kerblooey, the tank is gone. And they are wreaking havoc on the Russians with this. Um, the Finns discovered ways to, to go after these tanks. Uh, they would take logs and crowbars and they'd stick them in the tracks. And that would freeze it right there, you know. And so Sven would look at Ali and say, you can come over here with that Molotov now and dump it in there. And it, and it worked, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. Um, they, you know, had just used simple things like gasoline in a, in a, in a, in a jar uh, to make these bombs. Uh, they had all kinds of these little stick grenades and, and satchel charges that they would put on the tank treads and blow the tank treads off. Once they stopped that thing, it's open season on it. And so, like I say, it's fascinating that you can throw so many people and so much equipment at a force that just really, on paper, should not win. And they, they, they fought them to basically almost a standstill. Now, on December 6th, the Finns had finally drawn back off of what they called the Mannerheim line. That was the line they'd set up, the front battle line. And there were, basically, when they did this, they set up like 109 different reinforced concrete positions covering about 80 miles. Now, bear in mind, uh, the Finns and the Russians have a border that's almost 800 miles long. So, you know, they knew where they were coming. They, they basically set up this, this strong box, if you will, and sure enough, the Russians attacked, and another huge battle took place. The biggest problem the Finns had is replacing, our, you know, their, their, uh, their ammunition and what little artillery they had. And again, I think what happened was the war only lasted a year for them, but by the end of that year, the Russians had finally pushed all the way through and were able to capture the Finnish capital. But it wasn't without tremendous cost. I mean, when the smoke finally clears on this thing, um, you had literally uh, decimated the Russian army. And you have to think a little bit about what the impact of that was uh, during the conflict. Because by mid-March, the loss of territory and men, the Russians had 75,000 killed or wounded. Okay, wow. that's um, huge. Yeah, yeah, and uh, is all obviously uh, to you know, no help was coming from the from the West. So these guys, you got to hand it to them. Uh, you know, Helsinki government stood their ground and fought tooth and nail against the Russians. Okay, now you had about twenty five thousand Finns that were killed. Um, which would equate from for their population would be like having us lose 2.6 million. Okay, because bear in mind they're a small country. All right, um, the Russians claimed that 215,000 died or wounded. Okay, modern authorities speculate that the Russian dead was somewhere between. Uh, 
230 and 270,000 Russian troops up against these Finns. Like I say, think of the movie Red Dawn. Mm -hmm. These guys wreaked havoc on them, okay? Now, in addition to that, (laughs) you have to take into consideration that the Finns, who were so good at at dealing with these tanks, they destroyed 2,300 tanks. 2,300 of them. So... You know, in addition to that, 700 airplanes. Without any tanks. Without any tanks. These guys are out in the in the blizzard in a white outfit, you know, wearing white sheets and a sniper rifle. Not white sheets. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> kind of like white sheets, right? right. <laughs> now, to me, it, it, it's, it's absolutely imperative that we make the comparisons. You know, I mean... Again, you can have the biggest, strongest military in the world, but if you've got a determined force that's willing to stand there and take them on, look what they were able to do. Now, jumping all the way forward to where we are today, think about NATO having, and Finland having gone through what they went through in 39 and 40, making the decision, okay, we're going to throw our hat in the ring with NATO. All right, they didn't come, nobody was there to help them then, but they've stepped forward and said, hey, I'm willing to, we're willing to take a chance here. Do their people still have that fighting spirit that they did back in World War II? Absolutely, absolutely. Or they, World War I, I to guess. To them, what you brought up in the last hour show, sovereignty is everything. Yeah. I mean, they have a tremendous pride in their country. They have a tremendous pride in their history. They are not, uh, you know, being woke and telling their children that they're, they were an evil imperialist nation and, you know, this sort of stuff. They were sitting, they, to this day, they, they brag on what heroes they have in their past and their ability to remain there uh, with their sovereignty intact and their border intact. So it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty fascinating when you look at the whole story and then think of the decision it had to be for them to join NATO today. Maybe some of that can uh, rub off on uh, where we are today with uh, other countries thinking that the Finns went up against the Russians and gave them one hell of a fight. And, you know, again, trust me, folks, within the next, within the next month, you're going to hear something about Finland and Russia. And the reason why is because now that they've joined NATO, at, with an 800-foot or 800-mile border, mm-hmm. what a great place to put uh, missiles to keep Russia in check. That's why Putin is absolutely against this whole thing. Yeah. Well, you know, well, you can wish in one hand, and you know what? Yeah. <laughs> see how that works out. Exactly. Jim, as always, great history lesson, and I hope people will uh, consider listening to it again uh, when we air the broadcast from 4 until 6, and then again from midnight until 2. Definitely worth listening to, and I thank you for your time. Sir. Thank you. Great I to really see you. We'll it. see you back here next Wednesday at 910 as part of The Daily Show on 89.3 KEYK Osage Beach, Missouri. Folks, have a